The Gospel reading for this morning comes from Mark's Gospel, beginning in the 12th chapter at the 38th verse, and Mark wrote these things. Jesus continued teaching, watch out for the religion scholars. They love to walk around in academic gowns, preening in the radiance of public flattery, basking in prominent positions, sitting at the head of the table at every church function, and all the time they are exploiting the weak and helpless, the longer their prayers, the worse they get. But they'll pay for it in the end. And sitting across from the offering box, he was observing how the crowd tossed money in for the collection. And many of the rich were making large contributions. One poor widow came up and put in two small coins, a measly two cents. And Jesus called his disciples over and said, The truth is that this poor widow gave more to the collection than all the others put together. For all the others gave what they'll never, ever miss. She gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Oh God, you are sometimes hidden from our sight. You're beyond the understanding of our minds. Your thoughts are not as our thoughts. Yet you have formed our minds to seek you. You have inclined our hearts to love you. You have made us restless for the rest that is only in you. So open our minds, our hearts, our souls to your word for us this day. Amen. Now I hope many of the folks in this room that are my age or older will know who Paul Harvey was. <laughs> but Paul Harvey told a story about the Butterball Turkey Company. It seems that they had set up a hotline to answer questions about preparing holiday turkeys. And one woman called in to ask about cooking a turkey that had been in her freezer for 23 years. <laughs> and the operator told her that it might be safe if the freezer had been kept below zero degrees the whole time. But the operator warned the woman that even if it were safe, the flavor had probably deteriorated and that she wouldn't recommend eating it. And the caller replied, oh, that's just what we thought. We'll just give it to the church. <laughs> a self-made millionaire was giving a talk about how much he had made how he had made his fortune from nothing. And he spoke about how he had left school at a very young age and worked very hard to make ends meet. He took some risks, and eventually it paid off. And he was where he was at the time because he was willing to take those risks. He had started with nothing and went on to say that anyone could do what he had done. And he challenged the listeners to go out and make their fortune from nothing, just as he had done. 
When the question time came, a young man stood up. He looked at the man and said, I dare you to do it again. And the rich man was speechless. Could he take the risk again? Was he really prepared to give it all up and try again, make his fortune from nothing, now that he had something? You see, when he was poor, he had nothing to lose. He was prepared to take the risks when risks were low. But now that he was rich, it was different. You know, we find ourselves seated in the temple courts this morning, directly across from the offering box. Seems like an interesting place to sit, don't you think? And we're told that Jesus and the disciples were watching people make their contributions. And that many of the rich were making large contributions. And along comes a poor widow with two coins. And Jesus calls attention to her. And he tells the disciples that she had given more to the collection than all the others put together. For they had simply given that which they will never even miss, but she had given extravagantly what she really could not afford. She had given everything that she had at the time. And I think we quickly learn that this is not just about money. Because I believe Jesus is challenging people who are giving less than their all to God, just a mere portion of their life, an hour or two on Sunday, only if it's convenient and doesn't interfere with any other thing that we might have on our schedule. I think we need to take a closer look at this. Courage. This is a day in our church when we admire courage. How people can set aside their own lives for a while to do difficult things for the greater good. We admire our veterans, and perhaps those of us who never served wonder if we could do it. But we thank them for their service, for their sacrifice, for their dedication to an idea, a community, a freedom that is so much bigger than any one of us. I thank you for your service. And you know, I think it's a similar courage that drove the widow to that offering box. Because she gave away the only physical sense of security she had. And in order to make that kind of sacrifice, we need to get past our human fears of panic at having nothing left of clinging to life no matter what, to willingly participate in something so much bigger than ourselves, and to reclaim hope in the middle of less than desirable circumstances. So I think the fact that Jesus calls attention to her should raise our spiritual eyesight this morning. He notices someone who lives in this manner, 
and recognition breeds hope. You know, folks, even today, there are people all around us who live in the same manner. As a widow, this woman was totally reliant on God and her surrounding community for her well-being. So just perhaps, a committed life in Christ begins by truly seeing, noticing those among us who exist on the margins, who put everything they have into just living every day. Some of those folks have spent time in foxholes and trenches doing what they needed to do to try and survive one more day. All the while aware that their sacrifice and commitment helped to ensure an opportunity for life in community. Sometimes the day they were in was all there was. And I want to put forward to you today that perhaps that is always, always the case. I think we try to pacify our concern about time through our date books, setting appointments far into the future, convinced that there will be a future. And perhaps hope for it helps us to make work to realize it. Yet Jesus encourages, I think, living in the moment and entrusting our lives to God. Because the truth is, the two little coins in the woman's hand, probably all that she had, wasn't going to change her life. When you've got little, a penny or two is not going to move you from welfare to work. She could give it to the temple treasury because with or without those coins, she was still a dependent person. And when you are that low on the economic side of things, giving isn't the problem. Getting is. She was dependent on God and her neighbors for everything. She didn't have two feet to stand on. She didn't have bootstraps to pull up. Totally dependent. And you see, if God is truly running the universe and ruling my life, I no longer have to save myself, prove myself, justify myself. I am the work of God's hands. I rest and walk in those hands. And I shall die in those hands. You see, being in those hands is the very source of life to me. I think a sense of justice requires that you give something of yourself for the betterment of others. When you give from your substance, not just your money, but something of yourself that others might have life, it also gives new life to you. I ask you this day, if we will not do this, give of ourselves, we who follow Jesus, 
How will the world experience new life, hope, a vision of peace and justice that is so much larger than any of us could ever conjure on our own? Where does the world go? We are clearly here this morning on the backs of other people. It is through their sacrifice and commitment that we have been afforded the opportunities that we now enjoy. But with that knowledge comes responsibility. Your life is precious. You are noticed. But what you have been given, including your physical life, has been given to you that you might share it it is all expendable. In order for it to make the greatest difference, you must eventually decide what you will be all in for. What would you die for? If you can answer that question, you will also discover what it is that you need to live passionately for. And finally, it is not lost on me that by the time the first readers read this account in Mark's Gospel, the temple had been utterly destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD. We need to ask if a place that willingly took from all widows for its own support perhaps had not earned its own destruction. She was supporting with everything she had the institution that Jesus warned was exploiting her. She was propping it up. Yet perhaps that offering for her suggests that the offering is not made for the recipient, but for what the offering does for the life of the giver. I live a thankful life. I am thankful for this day. Thankful for all who have given of themselves that the possibility of today is real for me. Thankful that I, in return, can give of my substance for others. I am thankful that all of it matters. I am thankful that I continue to believe that all of it changes the world and calls in more of God's kingdom in our time and our place. To God be the glory. Amen.